Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast in what is a darker room than normal. Bear with me. <coughs> Let's do that again. Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast in what is now a lovely bright room uh, that, that I'm used to podcasting and there was just something a small bit off. I couldn't really see myself uh, even in the screen. It was very, very dark. But um, as I said to you guys yesterday, I've, uh, I was going to come back on today and I was going to talk about yesterday. We spoke about some uh, Pau Torres and we looked at maybe different types of uh, of players um, with regards to that left-hand side of the uh, the back two uh, that we're currently playing at this moment in time. We looked at Pau Torres. We looked at, um, at Sadasu from, from um, uh, Southampton. And what we did was we kind of just discussed the two different types of players, maybe both of those being left-footed players that were being potentially brought in to be an upgrade on Ezri Kanza. We also discussed the fact that Ezri Kanza is doing some things really, really well within this team. What I wanted to do is I wanted to look at some right-footed players um, that potentially could come in and play uh, within this system that we're playing at the moment, once again, looking at different types of players. Now, for the record, I don't think we've been linked to two of these players, and I think we've had a tentative link to one of these players. Um, and while one of these players is a right-footed player, he does play on the left-hand side of 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 the back uh, of a back three, or sometimes actually plays as left back. So bear with me on that one. I've got a small little bit. Uh, I, I really like the guy. I really like the player, and uh, he can actually play on the right-hand side uh, as well. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off this one 
today. And uh, afterwards, when we're finished all this, we might have a little chat about some of the news that's broken out there today um, with regards to Aston Villa uh, around Christian Perslow and so on. So firstly, I just want to take a little look at uh, a partner in crime that um, that we looked uh, of a player we looked at yesterday, Salasu. I want to look at his partner in crime, and that's Armel Bella Kotchap. Um, let's take a little look at him first because... Aston Villa haven't been linked to him as far as I'm aware, but the type of player that he is, I think really, um, it really uh, kind of strikes a chord with what Aston Villa or what Ezri Kanza is, is doing at the moment and what Amrabella Belakachap is doing at such a young age. I thought was quite impressive for Southampton, yes. And and bear with me, like why am, why am I talking about two centre halves for teams that have gone for a team that has gone down? Because I think individually, both of them do things really well, but both of them were very similar within this team. And Balakachap is a, is played on the right hand side, and and he's a right footed player, and that's why I've shown him today. So uh, Balakachap, just take a little look at him here. I mentioned that he's he uh, grades out pretty similar to, to in a lot of ways to Ezri Kanza. Don't let the I suppose the spider graph on the right hand side there fool you. When we look at somebody like Balakachap, the reason that I'm talking about this is that about him is. Ezra Kanza is seen very much within this back two as a very much, as the stopper type. Obviously, the ball playing has been left to Tyrone Mings. So when we're looking at a, at a, a dedicated stopper type defender, um, I don't think that you're going to be able to find for twenty million. I don't think you're going to be able to find many better than than Bella Kachap. He's just a sole defend, 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 and he does um, he does things at a really decent clip. You know when he is defending, um, when he is defending uh, the ball. But then again, you know you have to play him. You know he's not going to be somebody who's going to be able to press the ball forward in the new Naimri system. Maybe Naimri wants to change this up. That's where we got in the discussion last night. Apo Torres changes this up. One of the guys we're going to look at here in a moment is going to would change this up also. Um, maybe two of the guys, well, definitely one of the guys who would change this up, be a more progressive type passing centre half as well. But Bella Kotchap, if, if Unai Emery wants to come in here and he wants to chat about, or if he wants to look at uh, somebody that's similar and, and potentially over time could become a, a, a big upgrade on Nezri Kanza, somebody like Bella Kotchap would be somebody, somebody that he could go for. And you just have to look at his defensive stats. And I'm going to go with my caveat before I look at this. Players who play in teams at the bottom of leagues always have better defensive statistics by numbers. Okay? So bear that in mind. Remember last last night we looked up Pau Torres. His defensive numbers didn't look great. Reason being, Villarreal control possession. He doesn't, need to, he doesn't need to throw his body at things, to intercept things, to block things, to tackle people. When you're scouting players at, at, uh, that are finishing maybe at the bottom of the table like Southampton did, or they're finishing in the bottom half of the table, they're going to have bigger numbers from a defensive point of view. So you need to look at them as well because numbers don't tell any, don't really tell you anything from a defensive uh, point of view. Yes, they tell you with regards to passing, and you can see his passing statistics are low. I'm talking about him because if you want to go with an Ezra Kanza type, you want to go with a stopper type, Kanza is a better better passer of the ball um, than uh, Bela Kachap. But if Una Emery wants to go with somebody like this, um, you know, for for the for the money that you will pay for him, I think he would be a really good uh, addition, given that he's very young as well. He's only twenty two years of age, twenty twenty two years of age, just gone twenty two as well. But looking at his, at his tackling uh, stats, and when you look at him as an actual player, he is very robust. Um, essentially, you know, when he's 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 so young, but you can see that uh, that, that that he's so balanced. When he's playing, uh, when he's playing, you know, he doesn't get turned very, very often. Um, he's um, 
He's got the physique at, at 22 years of age to be able to stand up to the Premier League um, the Premier League players. He was never really bullied at any stage. Um, got called up, if I'm not mistaken, to the was it the German team? Um, the the German team for the World Cup. Uh, Belakachap got called up to. Uh, he got called up to some team for the World Cup. Like it's I'm had an absolute blank. Uh, but you know he's got he's very very um he's very physically gifted. Uh, good pace. Uh. Good, good build for a player that's six foot two and a half, you know, at 22 years of age. And um, he is somebody who's very proactive when he gets out to try to, to try to close players down. He's very proactive in his movements there, as you can see. His statistics that you can see here are not for him panicking and having to cover back. They're for him stepping out of defense, getting out there to try and, and, and cover off things before they happen. Now, obviously, for Southampton, that may not have been the way that that team, the, the trait that that team needed. Um, given that they shipped so many goals this season, but he's a very, very good player. Um, I think because he's just so, so physically gifted, and um, and 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 you can just see that when you watch him play as well. Huge potential. He is going to go to somebody if he if he leaves Southampton, he's going to go to somebody. Maybe he returns back to the to to the Bundesliga. He came from Bochum, I think it was. Um. And uh, if he goes back to the Bundesliga or wherever he goes, I think that he's going to grow over the next couple of years and he's going to be a pretty decent player. So that is uh, Bela Kocap. Um I am going to pop up the next guy here. I don't have any statistical lists for this guy here. I don't have any any graph um, because uh, it just hasn't loaded here for me. But let me talk you through a couple of things. So this is um, this is Roger, Roger uh, Ibanez. So... Roger Ibanez is somebody who you nearly everybody would have seen play uh, in the in the, the the Europa what was it the Europa Cup uh, semi or Europa Cup final against Sevilla. Um, really adept defender, Brazilian defender. Um, six foot one. He's right footed. He's twenty four years of age, if I'm not mistaken. Twenty five, I think, in 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 December. Um, really astute defender. Really astute defender. Now, this is the guy that usually plays on the left-hand side of, of a back three or plays on the left-hand side, sometimes even plays as left-back. He can be, can be utilised as a left-back as well. Now, why am I talking about him? It's essentially because he's right-footed and because I have uh, I have no doubt that this player can move and can play on the right-hand side of uh, of the defence. So if we're going with an out-there type of player, a player that uh, maybe you know out of left field, I think we've been linked to Roger Ibanez previously. You guys might be able to tell me in the in the comments in a moment. I haven't been able to open up the comments just yet, but I think we've been linked to him previously. Um, so there may be something in that uh, that, that the club sees and that the club uh, likes from uh, from an Ibanez. But um, I think I've no doubt that he could play both sides of the field. Uh, his pass completion rate is eighty seven point seven percent. He attempts fifty point two passes per game. Um, he's not the most progressive uh, player in the world. Only only progresses the ball two point three five times, which puts him in the twenty first percentile, which is the bottom uh, a bottom fifth of of all players. But as a defensive player. And 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 the, his pass completion rate with regards to his passing as well, he's he's quite a steady player. You know, he's he's a very balanced player, a very rounded player. Is what I'm trying to get at here. And for someone who's six foot one, he really wins the ball in the air. Sixty-eight point five percent of his aerials aerial duels he wins, which is quite good. Um, which is which is quite good indeed for for a player like him. Ball recoveries as well coming at six point three eight. Now. I know, as I say, he plays predominantly on the left-hand side. What makes me think he can play on the right-hand side? I've seen him. I, I went back, actually, and I watched when he first joined, moved to Serie A. 
for, and, and started playing with Roma. Um, he was initially deployed on the right-hand side and sometimes he was deployed in defensive midfield as well, which was uh, uh, just very sparingly. And uh, I, as I say, I watched one of those games. I went back through football ref and I was able to see um, and I went back through who scored. I was able to try and determine where he played on the right-hand side, which games. went back and I watched one and he doesn't look out of place playing on the right-hand side. And while I know it's only one game, he is right-footed. So getting out to that side of the, that side of the field is, uh, is, is, is quite... Um, you know, wouldn't be. It's not like he's going to be learning how to wipe his arse with the other hand, if that makes sense. You know, he's going to be able to do it for the fact that he is right-footed. And sorry for swearing, and um, with regards to Roger Ibanez, but someone out of left field wanted to throw him in there because he's a real rounded player. Apologies, I don't have a stat sheet in him, but the real guy that I want to chat about here, uh, and the guy that I think would be a really good signing, once again, another person who's played for Southampton. Southampton have a pretty good scouting scouting um, network, as we all know. They've scouted some really good players, and even some players that they had this season, really good players. Um, it's just it didn't click for them. They had the wrong manager in at the start of the season. They had the wrong manager in at the end of the season. And it was just a nightmare from board down um, for, for, for Southampton. But the last player I want to talk about is Kevin Danzo um, from RC Lance. Uh, as I say, played with, um, played with Southampton. Um, played with Southampton previously and uh, as I say didn't really pan out for him um, didn't really pan out for him within the Premier League uh, his first time around only played six games for Southampton went on loan to Fortuna Dusseldorf he was only 21 when he joined um, when he joined uh, he was only 20 actually when he joined Southampton but then he moved, made the move two years ago to RC Lance and since then he has really cemented his uh, his place within the Austrian setup. So he's Austrian Austrian player, um, born in born in Austria, six foot three, uh, twenty four years of age. Will, will be twenty five, just as the season starts on the nineteenth of um of September. So let's take a little look at some of his statistics here as well. So when we look at it here, um, tackles wise. Uh, tackles per 90 are quite low, but once again, we're looking for somebody to replace what Ezra Kanza does here. And Ezra Kanza, while he's the stopper, he's not really the ball player. He comes in there, and as we can see, he, he matches up favorably there where, um, where Ezra Kanza does. Or should I say he matches up similarly to where Ezra Kanza matches up. Uh, interceptions uh, come in at, um, at 0.92, um, but where we really see it is his ball recovery. So he's got a lot of speed, a lot of pace. As I say, he is right-footed, really good in the air, coming in the top 5% of all centre-halves in the top five leagues in Europe at 71.9% uh, uh, in the air, better than Tyrone Mings, and we know how good Tyrone Mings is in the air as well. Uh, coming in blocks-wise, he's well able to get his foot on the ball and block things. This guy was playing in a team that finished high up in, um, I think they finished fourth in the, in, in League 1. So they would have been asked to defend quite a lot. And this guy was their defensive colossus, really. You know, he really, look, look at his at, at his um, at his heat map there. He's been all over the place within that defensive third. And he's been a real marshal for them back there. But the big thing for me, if we're looking for rounded, if we're looking for somebody who can do a little bit of everything that, that, that will be on the radar of teams, Kevin Danzo here, we see his progressive passes there. Um, progressive passes, 4.54. Uh, um, much better than, than any player we have here from a progressive point of view. Also, a pass completion rate of 90%. Look at his passing statistics there. They're really, really top-notch. Even when you get down to his shot creating actions, goal creating actions for centre-halves, do they really mean much? They don't really, but, you know, 
<coughs> excuse me, the shot creating actions I think do because centre halves do have an ability to be able to play that raking ball from from a long ball position. And Kevin Danzo has a pretty good long ball rate as well. Another thing that really strikes me as well is his pass uh, attempts fifty eight point five six. So he's tasked with with passing the ball quite a bit. So he's been their main marshal. And for me, I think good money could be spent on a Kevin Danzo. I don't think you get him. His current market value there at 14 million for transfer market. I don't think you'd get him for that. I think it would be mid-20s um, that you would sign him for. But this guy has a ton of potential. He's been in the Premier League. He's failed in the Premier League previously, albeit uh, at 20 years of age, 20, 21 years of age. He's really matured since he's been in the Premier League. And I think that he would be absolutely gunning to have a, a bite of the cherry again because this guy can really play ball. And, um, you know, for Lance, he's been an absolute colossus for them this season. So that's just a little bit of a scouting kind of uh, series I did on uh, right-footed centre-halves um, that would, uh, r- r- yeah, right-footed centre-backs, should I say, um, that Aston Villa could take a look at. I don't think we've been linked to any of them. Will we sign any of them? Unlikely. But it's just an interesting piece. I like looking at players and I like looking at seeing what they could bring. Um, and I hope you guys have, have found out something or one or two uh, things about uh, these guys as well today. Let me take a look at some of your comments because, my God, are there are a lot of comments in there. And thank you so much to absolutely everybody um, for, for commenting and always joining along and coming to see what we're what we're uh, chatting about. I see a couple of people looking for me to talk a small little bit about um, Christian Perslow. I will do that in a moment. We have Paddy hopefully coming in tomorrow. Um, as well, we'll be doing a. So I'm going to try and basically podcast as, as daily as I possibly can from here on out. Um, so Paddy is going to be joining us tomorrow, and I, I I'm going to get more of his opinion, I suppose, on the Christian Perslow. I've got a couple of thoughts on it, and I'll give them to you there in a moment. Also, as we know, Manchi looks like he's going to be on the way. I have a piece dropping on Manchi tomorrow morning. Um, you guys will be able to see. Uh, so subscribe like the channel whatever else uh, i have a small piece on munchy and i'm also going to be um playing a piece that like i spoke to graham hunter previously on on munchy specifically and he's and he's um how he worked with unai emery and i'm going to be playing that within this uh within within this uh, podcast as well so tune in for that um as i say and uh yeah i, I i'm really enthused about munchy coming in i just think he's you know he's got the class. He's, he's he's built teams that have won, and a lot of people point to his Roma year and a half, but um, things weren't set up the way that he needed them to be set up in Roma, and uh, he got out of got out of Dodge and got back to Sevilla and won two titles since he went back. So you know you can't fault the man. The man's good, and uh, I'd be delighted if he comes into Aston Villa, because um, it's better to have players have people like that that can work with Unai Emery. Um, do, 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 do. Where else are we talking about here? Uh, the, Dave Rubin, David Rubin says, uh, I've just seen the two Premier League teams have asked about Paulo Dybala as a 10 million boy out. Are we one? I don't know, but I think it would be exciting if we were. He's a real maverick. And, he, you know, if he was a fit, if he was fit, 100% fit, I think Roma would have won that game against Sevilla. Um, he was still uh, pretty lightning around the field. I thought he was pretty good until he had to come off at 60 minutes, but he was really the talisman this year. And look, Dybala is a fantastic player and, and, and you know, definite, definite player that if he was, uh, I know his wife name checked us in some interview with um about Emmy Martinez, so you never know. Maybe it might be us. I, I highly doubt it, but um, Paulo Dybala, it looks like he is on the move from um 
Uh, looks like he is on the move from uh, from Roma as well. Um, where else are we? Sorry there, guys. I'd love to be able to read out all your comments, but... Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, and this isn't very good uh, podcasting as well. Just hearing me going duh, 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 into a microphone as well. Um, right. So, um, <clears throat> John Steele has asked me, well, how do I feel about Baku from Wolfsburg as a new right back? Uh, I, I saw the comment. You, you left a comment on this. So maybe you might have commented on Twitter. I actually don't know what pile about. Or sorry. I haven't watched a whole lot of him, should I say. Um, so I don't really know how I feel about him just yet. But um, I think a right back is obviously going to be in the offing. Uh, unless we sign centre-halves, two centre-halves and move, move Ezra Kahn's out there. But I just, I'm not, while, while, while it makes sense in the theoretical side of things to move Kahn's out there, I, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure whether, whether it will be a mainstay for this team. But then again, we could be wrong because Una Emery is really going to stamp his his uh, his thoughts on this team um, this summer. And it uh, could be something he's looking at. But, you know, a lot of things are up in the air and we don't know what... Um, we, we don't fully know what... Like whether Una Emery is going to stick with the same tactical setup he had, or whether he was just making the best of the players that he that that he was that he he inherited. So it's going to be a really interesting summer from that point of view as well. Um, right. Uh, so Michael Huggins asked me what time am I on tomorrow? I presume about half past nine. Again, that's usually our go-to time with myself and Paddy. Um, so I better. I I've actually just hung him out the dry because I haven't even asked him is he coming on tomorrow. But I think we tentatively said it would be tomorrow anyway. But um, uh, either way, I'll be on about half past nine uh, as well. Um, Christian Perslow. Christian Perslow. Just to finish out here as well for for you guys. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk small a bit on Perslow because um, my own personal thoughts on Perslow is Perslow was brought in at a time where we needed experience. We needed. We had. Two new owners who come into the club didn't have experience of how the Premier League ran, didn't have experience about not getting bullied by. Uh, we well, we got promoted to the, to, to the Premier League, you know, with him and, and Perslow was used to going into those meetings and, and not getting, you know, standing up for for the club and standing up for himself. I think in those meetings uh, with Premier League at that level, um, I think that that's one thing that's overlooked with with, with Christian Perslow. Um, a lot of people will see the, the the media face of him, the face that like the fact that he was always the first person out to the camera for a period of time, and I think that that obviously you know we've seen a couple of ex players um, that have commented on that recently. We've seen Stan Collymore tweet tweet about it recently. We've seen um, 
Gabriel Bonahor tweet about it today as well when the news broke that, uh, that Christian Perslow has left. Um, I think what we got with Christian Perslow is what we probably needed at the time or what we wanted to get us to where we did. I'm not this big person who's going to sit here and say he's, the writing was on the wall for him when Stephen Jarrett was hired. Stephen Jarrett was a bad appointment. So two things can be right here. Two things can be true. And I think both things probably are true um, with regards to this. And I don't think if you're of the opinion that Christian Perslow was sacked solely because he, he hired Stephen Jarrett, you could be right. But I also think that what's true as well is that Christian Perslow was hired very much for an economic point of view. And he then became somebody who started to started to make footballing decisions during COVID. I have my conspiracy theory is that Christian Perslow may not have stuck around at Aston Villa by his own volition only for COVID happening and the financial side of things that needed to be tidied up from a Christian Perslow point or from a from a keeping not keeping the club afloat but you know um, making sure that the club was on it was on a good footing during COVID. I don't think Christian Perslow looked at this and went, this is a five-year gig for me. I think he would be an out maybe after two or three years, probably by his own volition. I think maybe the, maybe the owners may have may have looked to, to parachute somebody in as well. I don't know. I do think that COVID was a, a, an opportunity for him to stay around from a financial point of view. And that's, I, I, I do think that that's true. I do think he made a hams of signing Steven Gerrard. That's true too. Um, and I do think the the like I I still to this day will not understand why he spoke with Beth Rigby about about um, about anything that he spoke about anything I have no idea who signed off or if anybody signed off on Beth Rigby interview not because he said anything particularly controversial or untoward he spoke his mind but I have no idea why you do that I have no idea why a football CEO needs to do that. Or why a football club would sign off on it. And I'm not saying that's why he was sacked either. That's just my own personal thoughts. When I saw that come out, I went, what's happening here? Why, why are we doing this? Why is our CEO, why is our CEO commenting on other clubs? Why is our CEO commenting on things like, I just, I just felt it was unneeded. It was unneeded. You can do that in a different way. I just don't know why he had to sit down and talk to Sky News of all things. Um, it just it felt out of place. It felt forced. That's the word I'm looking for. So from a Christian Perslow point of view, I think when you look back at his career, you look back at his Liverpool career as well, he had a shelf life. There came a time where he could go no further with Liverpool. And he didn't go any further with Liverpool. And I think with Aston Villa at that time had come for him as well. I think that he stood down. I think I think I, I think he was offered, and I think I read it read it as well. My initial thought was, and I think I said this when Chris Heck was hired, um, myself and Paddy were talking about it. My initial thought was he would be offered a different different position. He would be stood down from the overall CEO of the company and asked to run the infrastructural side of things, while Chris Heck would come in and run the financial side of things. And I read somewhere today. I've I've been very today. Today has been been a whirlwind day. And I, I'm certain I read somewhere that he was offered another role within the club and he turned it down and instead he resigned. And I think that's probably fair. I think that's probably, I think the club were fair to offer him another role when we brought, brought in somebody who's elevated a club, elevated uh, a football club uh, in New York Red Bulls, I think, I think it was. And uh, within the NBA, he's elevated a basketball franchise as well. And he is a known global money man. Christian Perslow is a, is a Premier League 
man. He's known in European football. Tend to well, he would be known in European football, but he's really in there as to, for from a Premier League point of view. You know, as I mentioned, going to the board meetings, not being bullied, speaking. You know, speaking up for 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 what he what, what he believes in in those meetings and stuff like that. But if Aston Villa have uh, were, were to offer, like Aston Villa were to offer him a different role, and I and I firmly believe that they did. Uh, while I, as I say, I've not seen any confirmation of it, um, and that somebody else was coming in, I could see why he would turn around and go, "No, nah, listen, let's let's just part ways. I'm not going to offer it." But then again, the offer could be either you accept this or we're, or there is no role for you. You know, your CEO role is no longer there anymore. It's now being taken, but you can have this role as infrastructure to look after the infrastructure with the new development of the, of the stand, the development of, of all the infrastructural projects that Aston Villa have gone on. Potentially, that could have been something that happened. But I think overall, um, I my my the gospel according to me with regards to what my thoughts are, and if um and and unconfirmed and. You know, um, I suppose if you want to call it my conspiracy theory is that I think two years ago he probably had an idea of going himself um, and the club probably would have had an idea of maybe parachuting someone in. But I think maybe the COVID situation and the fact that he could run the ship in a certain way within Premier League parameters and also fight the corner with regards to what was happening because it was such an uncertain time within the Premier League and the Super League and all this kind of thing. I think the club and Christian Perslow decided he was going to stay on for another bit to kind of maybe navigate those un uncertain waters. And now that we as a club are out of it, getting into Europe and have an opportunity to, you know, to put down the outboard motor and fly ahead of some of our rivals, I think now is the time for um, you know fresh face and a fresh uh a fresh captain you know to come in here and to and, and to, to to drive the ship on further specifically from a global branding point of view and a money-making point of view like chris heck has done before so i'm going to look at some of your comments there because i've gone on a bit of a diatribe there uh after that but i, I um uh i just want to see what you guys feel as well there with regards to perslow did anybody even talk about perslow um T8 says, it's a shame. I love the Christian Perslow song. Um, <clears throat> the Christian Perslow went to Spain in a Lamborghini song. It's not my favorite song. It's not my favorite song, but I'm sure we'll come up with another song. I'm sure we'll come up with another song for Unai Emery. Um, uh, for sure. Richard Richard asks, do you think he'll stay with V Sports? Do I think Christian Perslow? No, I don't. I think Christian Perslow will probably enjoy retirement, though. Um, I think he will enjoy retirement, and, and that's cool too. I, I think that, as I say, it, it 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 filters in with my own thoughts that I don't think he ever saw this as a five-year project. Um, I think the year that we saw Jack Grealish, he was probably going to go then, but because of the uncertainty around a lot of things, around the playing squad, around around the Premier League, and around around um, the the pandemic kind of. Um, landscape of the Premier League at that stage. I think having somebody who had knowledge of running a Premier League team was probably beneficial for everybody in that situation. Um, yeah, and Ad, oh, where is it gone to? Uh, Ad says, I bet his new role at Villa was to oversee the development of Villa Park and, and the surrounding areas. I, I think so too. Uh, I would I would wager money if he was offered a role that that was it. And to be honest with you, there's a fair stand down from what he's doing. You know, So essentially it is a demotion for him. And Hey, if somebody was to come to me and offer me a demotion um, in my job and I was well up my 60s, well, in my 60s and probably didn't need it and, you know, could retire with a golden handshake, I'd probably take the golden handshake too. I don't know. I think he has a stake within the club as well, if I remember read, 
rightly. Um, I don't know whether that's been bought out. I don't know whether it's part of contractual negotiations that he's have to sell that back to the owners or whatever. But I'm sure he'd be well financially compensated for whatever happened. Um, where else are we? Yeah, I don't think I see anything else there. Um, so, guys, I'm not going to go into the Manchi piece here. I'm going to going to leave that, and I'm going to talk about that uh, in a piece tomorrow. I hope to have it out tomorrow morning. Bear with me. If I don't have it out tomorrow morning, I'll have it out around lunchtime tomorrow. And then uh, I hope to be back later on, or later on tomorrow at, at like half nine in the afternoon, in the nighttime here in, in, in Ireland uh, with Paddy. And we'll discuss everything that's going on Aston Villa. And look, I suppose we're going to have to do a review of the previous season at some stage. I don't know what we'll do it tomorrow night, but we'll definitely discuss everything because uh, Aston Villa are plowing forward and, you know, looking back, I suppose, is good as well. But there's so much happening as this team, this, this team moves forward. We could have another signing tomorrow. Who the hell knows? Um, so we will be back again tomorrow. As I say, pre-recorded podcast with my thoughts on Munchie. We'll be out maybe in the morning or, the, or at lunchtime. And then I'm going to get try and get Paddy on later on tomorrow afternoon. Um, or tomorrow night, should I say, to, to chat about everything that's getting on and get his opinion on that. But in the meantime, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I uh, really appreciate uh, everybody watching. Really appreciate everything you do for the podcast. Give it a thumbs up and a subscription if you don't already. And as I say, rob your friend's phone and subscribe him on YouTube and subscribe him on all the podcast platforms. I hope they will uh, appreciate appreciate it for you. And you never know, um, you might make them fans of the podcast. Um, so until tomorrow, everybody, thanks so much. Have a, have a great evening. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply